Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice, but now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum, this is The Potential Podcast. and welcome back to the potential podcast i'm your host chris Dewar, and i'm joined by my co-host taylor sokol well folks here we are at the end of june we're coming on in july just around the corner it is officially summer season the summer has begun a lot of people are on those summer breaks the kids are out from school and you know of course a lot of places uh, we have the mask mandates have, have gone away you know we're looking at a much more exciting summer than we had last year of Indeed, course with absolutely. everything going on with the pandemic but you know of course we still have those people that take the, take your precautions if you will you know especially if you're vaccinated it just feels like we're about to have a great time and of course we have this weekend coming up 
the big old 4th of July. Indeed. Yes, we do. No, um, I, especially, you know, personally, my family and I, we always had like, you know, good times. Uh, you know, 4th of July is a good celebration. I think we, we kind of touched on that a little bit back in our St. Patty's Day episode. But no, I'm excited because now this is going to be a 4th of July. Hopefully we can really properly enjoy. And I think it's going to be extra celebrations all around this summer. Um, you know, of course, just um, having uh, a wonderful uh, time coming up, you know, this week with uh, my birthday celebration. So, you know, that goes without saying. But yeah, it's summer is just time to celebrate and go on adventures and, and whatnot, you know? Yeah. And speaking of adventures... You know, something that I think a lot of people missed out on in the pandemic and has uh, really taken itself by storm now is the return of theme parks. Oh, I know we missed that. Uh, you know, most theme parks around the country were closed, of course, due to COVID. But a few states, mainly Florida, uh, were back open pretty early. But now uh, a lot of states have them back open and looking to be back to full capacity. Um, and, you know, last year we talked about how... Uh, a lot of people were missing out the magic of the Disney theme parks, but it was only fair that we had to return to another theme park based episode set of theme parks. I think have uh, equally matched Disney and have had their own style that have made it very unique. And that is of course the universal theme parks oh, where yeah. you go to ride the movies as they yes. say, but Taylor, we couldn't do it alone. No, we had to have a friend with us today, a friend that we actually got to be on his podcast last year his theme park legends podcast, but we're so excited today. We have our special guest to talk about universal theme parks and his experience as an employee, a past employee of a few universal theme parks. We have Steven Honeycutt. He's an actor and a voice actor, and he's a podcaster himself. So let's get to our interview with Steven on the universal theme parks. Here we go. Well, we're so excited we have with us today, Stephen Honeycutt. Welcome to the Potential Podcast. We're so happy you are here. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Chris Taylor, uh, to think the last time we spoke, I uh, was on the other side of the microphone interviewing you guys. Now it's come full circle. That's yeah. right. We were fortunate to get to be on your Theme Park Legends podcast mm -hmm. in separate interviews. We just got to do an episode. Um, so, of course, we thought, well, if we're going to talk uh, another episode about theme parks we got to have uh, an expert uh, that i would say you are both as a fan of theme parks and you've worked at your fair share of theme parks including the ones we're talking about today you've worked at three of the four main ones uh, around the world so uh, of course we're talking today about universal studios uh, probably i would say the biggest competition to disney and the second most well-known kind of theme park franchise um, at least definitely in the States. And obviously there's Osaka and Singapore. So, I mean, off the bat, I know that you've worked at three of the four uh, theme park resorts, but do you remember like your, like what was the first Universal Studios park you went to? And do you remember how, like around what age you, you know, the first time you went to one? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was a uh, Universal Orlando and the age was like, I'd say, probably around high school age, because that's when uh, we 
first kind of moved to Florida. And um, like my dad also works in the theme park business, not, not for Universal, but he was able to pull some strings and to get us into Universal for the day. And this was before they um, built um, the, uh, the Island of Adventures. So uh, um, I'd say probably around 13, which I think is like the perfect age to go to a Universal park. Uh, cause I was like already really into like uh, film and stuff. So to go and get to ride King Kong and back to the future and all that other stuff, it was like, a, it was a real treat. And I think I may have even gone to universal first. No, no, that's not true. I did go to a Disney park before I went to my first universal park, but, uh, I loved it. It's, uh, it was before I even worked there, it was my favorite park and it probably still is to this day. Very nice. I mean, yeah, I think that's something uh, for me. It was uh, Hollywood and you've been only to the Florida park before, right, Taylor? Yeah, my experience with Universal is purely um, out of Orlando. And I've actually only been to Universal uh, Studios uh, once, the one time. So, Mm -hmm. I think something that I remember as a kid, uh, especially going to one out in Hollywood first, it would be years later until I finally got to uh, try out the Orlando parks is although Disney was, you know, had a lot of their movie properties in the parks, it was all like their animated movies for the most part. There was some live action stuff and more would come out when it got to like, you know, starting to have IPs like Star Tours and Indiana Jones. But there really felt like Universal Studio was a theme park where you're going to experience these big films right in your face with these like, you know, big famous movies. I'm thinking like, yeah, King Kong, E.T., Jaws, it was really like, oh, it's like the movies have come to life. And of course, I loved the studio tour in Hollywood was very unique Mm. that Disney did not have any kind of that uh, attraction where you got to like, oh, this is where actually movies and TV shows have been filmed. So I thought that was something that was uniquely only Universal Studios. Sure. Well, like back in the 90s, their catchphrase was come to Universal where you can ride the movies. Mm. There you go. Yeah. And that's um for the most part stayed the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. As they slowly start to kill <laughs> all these classic <laughs> attractions, put yeah. them with some yeah. 40 attraction. Um what was okay, so you know, as you started to uh if you're living in Florida, I'm, I'm assuming you would have gone fairly frequently. Um what was your favorite attraction as a, you know, a kid? Um, oh man. Well, when I first got there, I was a teenager, I should say, I guess. Right, right. I get you. Um, uh, it's cliche, but probably Back to the Future. I mean, you can't beat uh, a motion simulator. But later on, later in the 90s, when they did build um, Islands of Adventure, I mean, it might even be my favorite ride of all time is that Spider Man ride, which again is a motion simulator almost. But oh, yeah. But I mean, I love comic books and I love Spider-Man and that ride, I think they might have one in Universal Japan, but they don't have one in Universal Hollywood. So to me, that makes it kind of like one of a kind. So in order for me to go ride the Spider-Man ride, I have to go all the way back to Florida, which I mean, I'm perfectly okay with. And (laughs) I just, I love that ride so much to be submerged in the world of Spider-Man, Ike, and then to have all the, the thrills and the voice acting and then later they even added like a cameo of stan lee like that just i never get tired of that ride it's it's like my favorite 
It is uh, been a hot topic recently with the new edition of the Web Slingers ride coming to Avengers Campus. A lot of people already seen some footage of that are going, uh, that ride, it's been 20 years old over in uh, Orlando is much better. Um, but yeah, that one is always, it's still to this day, the last time I was there, uh, still gets really long lines. It's still very, very popular. Mm-hmm. There's something about that Marvel land just as a whole is like very, it almost feels retro now because it's not, it's not the MCU. It is like comic book Marvel. Man, I love it so much. Like, and I, I worked at Disneyland uh, only like a year or two ago, and it did not hold a candle. Like their little Marvel area did not hold a candle to Marvel Island. Um, plus, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. Like, you know, if you're some, you know, eight-year-old kid who's never read a comic and has only seen the movies, then, you know, I guess you're going to want to see the MCU version of Cap and whoever else they happen to have uh, working that day. But it uh, to me, it just wasn't the same. But, I, you know, it's all with what you grow up with, I guess. Have you have you been have you seen the, the when Taylor when they come out on like the motorbikes and like the A, they still have that at Universal? I'd see like a bunch of heroes ATVs. come out on, like the four ATVs. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that before, Taylor? It's no, I never did. That is that is cool. I, I just remember the, the Spider-Man ride. That was the one thing that always stood out to me just because I was kind of just in awe of that that ride because I was like, oh, man, this is the coolest thing ever. And um, still, I, I went back not, not too recently, but it was probably summer of 2012 was the last time I went and rode that um, attraction. That was just fantastic but yeah i never got to experience a lot of the cool like marvel stuff that they used to do like things like that i would i would have loved that and that ride became the the precursor to the transformers ride which is at yep. i believe every resort um basically <laughs> yeah. same same ride system very similar uh, which i do really enjoy that ride as well yeah, i think it's fun. a it's a blast um well okay so you know eventually at some point uh you you, you thought to yourself Hey, my dad works in the theme park business. Maybe I want to get into the theme park line of work. So, was Universal Studios Florida was that the first park you you know applied to work at some point? Uh, yes, <laughs> and I don't know if it was that line of thinking that led <laughs> me to working at Universal. Um, it was uh, a bit later in my life. I'd say maybe um, early twenties, mm-hmm. and my parents had already or the rest of my family had moved down to Orlando. So my dad could go work at the Dixie Stampede. Does anyone remember that thing? Um, Well, uh, and I stayed in Tampa so I could be in some lame band or something. Well, uh, (laughs) the band broke up and then luckily whatever, whoever I was living with, that didn't work out either. So my dad was like, Come, come down, work at the Dixie Stampede. You'll be getting tips left and right. Uh, it's like a dinner theater. I don't know oh, if okay. you, I mean, and that's not how he sounds at all. He's like a <laughs> Southern gentleman, but um, but yeah, he's like, uh, come, come down. I like, cause he wasn't going to be working there anymore. He was getting transferred somewhere else. So he's like, I'll uh, get you a job there. You'll be getting like tipped up the wazoo, which is a horrible expression. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, that sounds like fun. 
I worked there for a month during Christmas and then they shut the place down. Uh, <laughs> not, not from anything that I did, um, but just the place was going out of business. Um, and I mean, my, my dad didn't even know, but like all these people who used to work with him were like asking if I knew anything. And I'm just like, I'm just here to get tipped out the wazoo, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, so, so then I found myself basically unemployed and living at home and I don't know how I found out. I probably went to the website and saw that they were having uh, having auditions. And I thought, huh, like, you know, I always fancied myself something of a thespian. I was in like plays and stuff in high school. Like <laughs> I could go be one of the, well, of course I wanted to be one of the Marvel superheroes, even though yeah. I did not have the physique for it. But I went ahead and made a little monologue for Captain America anyway. And they chuckled a bit and they were like, how do you feel about animated characters? I'm like, I feel great about it. And before I knew it, I was Shrek and then Homer Simpson. <laughs> well, I like it. What a resume. Yeah, well, there's a lot more to that resume than just those two. But that was yeah. just the beginning. Well, I know you personally, you are, were you a um, a Simpsons fan prior to getting hired there? Because I know you you are a big Simpsons guy. Oh, yeah. It was my, <laughs> at that point. Oh man, I was just, I was so excited. Uh, I wish you could have met me then, Chris, because I was a lot <laughs> less bitter and jaded. Um, I was like, I was like, oh my god, you know, I'm making barely minimum wage, but I get to entertain people and like hug kids as Homer Simpson, and I also got to be. Not only did I get to be Homer Simpson, but for whatever reason, they picked me. Well, maybe among one other guy to be Homer for the grand opening of the Simpsons ride. Uh, oh, nice. Opening at the time. Yeah. Uh, like there was like a bunch of celebs. Well, pseudo celebs came out like in sync people and, and whatnot <laughs> sports people that I didn't know who they were. Um, and it was like, it was a long day, but it was a uh, really fun. Um, that was like when Al Roker came down to, they just, they made a big deal out of it and it was really cool. Um, and then later that night, they had, I guess, like, sort of like an employee preview that and I guess like people from the actual Simpsons show were there. Of course, I couldn't see them. It was dark yeah, you're... and I was dressed as Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah, you're in the suit. <laughs> yeah, let's just pretend that I met the entire cast and I'm well aware of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, getting getting to do that was awesome. Like, and I was I was on board 100% at the time i had a very similar i think uh feeling when i was first hired for characters at disneyland mm -hmm. um you know even though there is a, a definite physical toll and some days especially <laughs> are not the best because of the heat and i can only imagine what it's like when you add the humidity in florida sure. but there is something you're like you, you know to see the people that really do light up when they see a character that they really love mm -hmm. um it, it's kind of it, it's worth it at that point but i could tell you that the next time i came back to do characters i was definitely more of the uh oh gosh here we go again you know uh <laughs> with a bunch of like 18 year olds being hired here they're all I so giddy again. and i was like oh. the old guy being like uh it's not that exciting kids <laughs> you know uh, but you and okay me both so, man you and me yeah. both so you did Shrek and mm. and Homer and then so mm. how long how long did that last you staying at Universal at that point uh, well, I also added a uh, donkey to my resume oh, there you go. at yes. that time. Um, like, and like that was, I guess the next logical step because much like you said, yeah, the heat and the humidity 
like it's and the not ha- being able to talk like because mm-hmm. I've there were so many times people would come up and say something stupid and I wanted to you know retort <laughs> and of course like you know you can't all you can do is wave your arms or whatever uh, and I was just like man if I could get in that little air conditioned booth and make fun <laughs> of people all day ooh <laughs> and uh, and then it finally happened. Um, like I, uh, I auditioned and pff, I mean, it took a long time for them to finally call, but I uh, yeah, went through training and then basically I was myself and the other guy who went through training. We were the, the fill in guy, like the way it works is like, there's two contract guys and then another contracted guy and then a whole bunch of random dudes, like in a, in a pit or whatever. And that's they, and it's all by like rankings and stuff and they just worked their way through the, the Rolodex. And then if those guys aren't available. Then they call me. Um, oh. But, uh, but yeah, like depending on, I don't know, the time of year. I mean, I would get a, a lot of shifts because uh, the other guys, they had plenty of stuff going on. But, you know, after a while, I realized that those contracted dudes, like they weren't going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, because you know they had a kick gig and they were at the time they were the quote-unquote old men who had uh, wives and like kids and stuff and and uh yeah so I realized like hmm like you know I can't be the fill-in guy forever um so ironically one of the other donkeys came in talking about how they were uh, looking for submissions for Universal Singapore and this was uh, about a uh, after working there for about a year and a half year and three quarters um and and i also did uh, what they call escorting there which is basically the person who stands by the character make sure uh-huh. they don't get messed with um and uh yeah so i got the email from this guy which i mean he probably shouldn't have went around telling everyone about it because uh long story short uh, i got it and he didn't um <laughs> <laughs> and uh sorry yeah 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 and before i knew it i was uh i was in singapore <laughs> working at the universal there yes the good old universal singapore mm-hmm. uh, the smallest of the parks but uh small but mighty um i've only been i've only been to the gates essentially i went to the little pancake house that's outside of the little uh, <laughs> gates there mm-hmm. um but um Obviously, that must have been really cool to be like, oh, I'm doing something that I love to do and I'm getting to travel and, you know, in a whole whole other half of the world there. Oh, yeah, it was uh, it was amazing because, I mean, I've I had always wanted to travel anyway, like like many other sort of fanboys who grew up in the 90s who watched too much uh, anime and like samurai films. Welcome to our podcast. (laughs) 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 I I always wanted to go to Japan, but, uh, you know, I, you know they only ever had auditions for, you know, Frankenstein in their, their monster rock show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I mean, there were times when I thought I could pull that off, but I mean, that really just wasn't my thing. Um, so, so this came along and I'm like, well, okay, that works for me. And it was awesome. Cause I just got thrown in with all these other, I mean, that's when I first met other, you know, people who were out in LA actually trying to be actors and stuff and other theme park people, uh, not to mention all the locals that we got to work with. Um, and just, you know, a chance to expand my horizons and experience a, a different culture. I mean, I've always, we've, 
always moved around a bit. Uh, my family has. So, I mean, obviously never out of the country, uh, but I always looked at it as a, as a challenge um, when moving, whether it be to a different state or to another country. Um, so, and at times it was a challenge, but overall, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Was, I mean, it was really like three years, like three of the best years of my life, especially when I met my wife out there mm -hmm. and yeah. then I uh, brought her back to the, to the U.S. and she's now a U.S. citizen and we've got our boy now. So Blade. Yeah, yeah. That's his name. Yes. That's his name. Every Everyone knows him on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. But, uh, He's adorable. Yeah. That's got to be really cool to think, you know, you're taking a job that you think, oh, it's just a theme park job in another country, but how much it gave back to you. And I will say, sure. even though, yes, we met on an international contract, which mm -hmm. was uh, ridden with problems in terms of the company, mm -hmm. there was a lot of stuff that I did take from that contract in terms of being immersed in the culture and uh, getting to experience, you know, Dubai for a long time, <laughs> which, uh, again, is a, a city that has uh, a lot of great things to it. But then there's there's uh, the other side uh that that could be again a whole another podcast um as we <laughs> talked about you gotta bring me back for that man you gotta bring me check, back for that podcast. check out my interview on theme park legends um because wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah yeah there you go but um i think something though think about like singapore um and you know seeing theme parks that you know here in the states theme parks are so popular in the u.s mm -hmm. obviously that's why we have so many uh across the country mostly california and florida but they're all sure. over the place Right. It's kind of neat when you go to a different country and see, uh, apart from just like, uh, you know, travelers from other countries, but like how much people also love these characters in other countries and like easily just as recognizable going, oh, they love just they love donkey yeah, just, just as much, you know, universal and how it just transcends. It just it just makes it just wow. Just the world just becomes such a smaller place when you realize the, these little things that when we nerd out and and that we can kind of bond over that they connect us just on that doesn't even matter uh, if you don't speak the same language different culture it's it's amazing yep that is the power of hollywood marketing <laughs> true <laughs> well speaking of hollywood so eventually you would have uh ended your time with singapore mm -hmm. um so when when did you ever get over to hollywood for the first time either as a guest or um i know you said you, you worked there at some point Mm -hmm. Well, um, after uh, after we got back to the U.S., we spent a little bit of time in Florida. I actually worked at Legoland for a short time in Florida, uh, but uh, more on that another time, I guess. Um, after about a year and a half in Florida, uh, we decided to uh, pack it up and try our luck out in um, in L.A., and that was around... 2012 13 i would say um yeah we actually drove out there in the most uh, cliche way possible but uh but i mean when were we ever going to get a chance to do that again you know and we made sure to check out to, like the grand canyon and like new orleans and uh whatever other cool mon las vegas a bunch of other cool monuments um but anyway when i first uh, set foot in la uh, in my mind, I was saying no more theme parks. <laughs> only, only film work is what I'm gonna be doing. Um, but I think it might have even been like the first Halloween that we spent in LA. I um, found myself <laughs> auditioning for 
a rather uh, dubious uh, Halloween haunt uh, <laughs> that uh, treated us pretty poorly. And then I found out that they were still they were still uh, auditioning for people at Halloween Horror Nights. And I was like, well, I know they got to treat us better there than here. So I went and auditioned and basically worked like half, I don't know, half a month of, uh, of Horror Nights. And uh, it was good. I mean, it was good like, just to get back into a theme park, I guess. And um, that was actually my first time working a Horror night like period. Um, and um, I still had a pretty good time doing it. And uh, there weren't, wasn't anything too horrible that happened. You know, a lot of people who work those haunts, they talk about how they get punched in the face and stuff. But Taylor, uh, yeah. <laughs> what's that? I don't want to talk about it. Do you remember oh, the story? Yeah. Taylor oh, broke his nose or. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like the one and done never worked one of those uh, horror theme parks again. Uh, yep. That was fun. Besides that, I still uh, that <laughs> make was, sure I, you check out Taylor's episode of Theme Park Legends yes. for more details. Yeah. Well, this, have you have you apart from the one uh, time working it, have you gone to Horror Nights as a as a guest before? Have you uh, gone to experience that? Um. I mean, uh, <laughs> not really i mean i went out and experienced the houses at the other horror nights that i've worked mm -hmm. um and yeah i i went in um a few of the houses and because in orlando i never worked horror nights as a performer but i did what they called ops which is basically just you know you move around these gates and stuff and sort of usher people who had uh, were already into the park like let them into horror nights and like get the other people out okay. and i got to like sort of uh, sneak my way in there and uh it's it's cool uh like but once you've gone to enough horror nights like you realize you go oh this was the such and such house from last year they just rethemed it and now it's this thing uh, yeah <laughs> and uh but, but yeah i mean i just appreciate it for the um you know the hard work and the makeup effects and stuff that go into the houses like and also, if actually, I like going to other people's haunts. Like, I went to Not Scary Farm like a few years ago, mm -hmm. and it was great because none of none of their stuff was like IP related. That's why I actually say I've only been to Horror Nights at Hollywood once, mm -hmm. and it was fun. But it's such a small park that it gets so crowded that unless you're gonna pay out the wazoo to get those, uh, you know, get the front of the line pass. I think we've gone on maybe two mazes or something. Knott's at least has like 12 mazes, but yeah, they're, they're typically not one is an IP. They're all made up kind of fun little horror, yeah. you know, stories and stuff. And it actually kind of makes it a little better. Cause you're like, it's just kind of chaos. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You can't yeah. expect like, Oh, it's Leatherface this year again. Or it's right. like, no, it's like, it's the pumpkin man or it's uh, right. demented Pinocchio or whatever it might be. The tooth fairy. It's velvet face, not leather face, <laughs> velvet face, <laughs> not related to leather face in any way. But actually, now that you mention it, I did go to a horror nights in high school um, and yeah, it, in Florida. And it was the same thing, even though it's a much bigger park, we had to wait in line like regular people. <laughs> like non theme park workers uh yeah. and we were only able to go to like two maybe three houses max uh that's when you know you really have to make sure you go with people that you like because you're going to be talking to them for a long long time that's true 
yeah. just waiting in line and you're hearing, you're hearing the outside the house music the whole time you're in the line and you're hearing <laughs> yeah. the same same uh voice over over again yeah. get ready for the experience of your life and you're like yeah i got up the 700th time you said it yeah. um <laughs> exactly exactly but um but no i think uh not long after i worked that like half a month in universal hollywood i came back as a um production assistant which is their fancy name for character escort out here um much different than uh, universal florida which basically you know if you were an animated character and you wanted to be an escort then they would train you like the character escorts were completely separate from the uh, from the characters and so i despite the fact that i have uh, years of performer experience they hired me as a pa and not a performer you know whatever they uh <laughs> They made their decision, uh, and I did that for like I don't know, like four or five months because then it was time to leave for Dubai. Um, and I don't know. At that point, I think the uh, the the sort of over itness was uh, starting to set in. And then you know, added to the fact that I wasn't even performing anymore, I was sitting there, you know, watching other people do the job that I wish I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have like a lot of feel like there were way more rules uh at universal hollywood i don't know if it's because of the unions or whatnot um like they i just remember they're like you have to tell you know they're all right the meet and greet with megatron and optimus and uh, bumblebee there's like a um curb there and like for i swear one two months they were like you have to tell the guests not to step on the curb and i'm like no problem. I have no problem telling people what to do. It's one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> and um, uh, but then the next month they were like, oh, we're not doing that anymore. You can just uh, let them on there. Um, and uh, yeah, exactly. And also you do sort of end up being part of the show anyway, despite your, the fact that you're not being paid anywhere near like the, uh, you know, the actors or the animated characters, uh, you know, the uh, Raptor encounter. Yes. Um, like we had to like, be the ones leading the raptor out like with the the fake chains um mm-hmm. that they have uh yeah and then we yeah um and then we're also the ones controlling the door when optimus and bumblebee come out um to meet uh oh, okay. the people or whatever i mean that's more of a i guess a tech role or whatever so what i'm trying to say is they uh, really find ways to get their money's worth out of <laughs> <Yeah>. their uh, <laughs> make you do everything they can it's it's exactly. all part of your role. Just you, know. like, you need to clean up after Shrek too while you're at it. <laughs> There's some Shrek droppings over there. <laughs> and then you're really ogre it. Oh. You mm. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Mm. What are you doing? What? Are you eating during this podcast? Yes, yeah, so? Is there a problem with that? So? Good God, man. Your munching is distracting. Hey, I can't help it. It's this new seasoning I got. It's so delicious. Seasoning, you say? Yeah, from the Steel City Salt Company. Did you make that up? No way. It's the store to go for all your seasoned, salted, and spiced needs. Since 2011, it's been bringing a new era of exciting flavor to the city of Pittsburgh and the surrounding regions. From their popular flavors like garlic herb, dill pickle sea salt, and black and gold. Sounds great, but I don't live in Pittsburgh. 
That's not a problem. They actually ship nation and worldwide. Wow, that's awesome. So go to their website at steelcitysalt.com and order now. Free shipping on orders $39 or more. And let's spice up your life. Get ready for the experience of a lifetime at Universal Studios, where you become the star. Whoa, look at all these movies. How do we get a spot here? We've got to go back, back to the future. Doc, you're telling me they built a theme park out of movie attractions? Right, cold beer, hot dogs, giant donuts, mmm. That donut looks heavy. Explore Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley as part of the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Ron, don't we belong to Warner Brothers? Bloody hell, Harry. I think you're right. Six Flags couldn't afford this. Don't worry. I spiked the butter beer so Harry Potter will never leave the theme park. Be careful. You might just come face to face with a full-sized T-Rex. Wow, Dino, Dinosaur. Fascinating. It's so lifelike. Uh, and this uh, river ride, storytelling, thrills, and uh, you get wet. Uh, wow, life finds a way. That man really needs to put his shirt back on. Apart from our new attractions, you can still relive the classic films that put us on the map. You know, every time I visit, I still take the studio tour. Sometimes I catch that great shark look right in his eyes, and he won't see me coming this time. You do realize it's a mechanical shark, don't you? Wow. E.T., Jaws, Jurassic Park, Shrek, I love this place. What should we ride next? Ooh, how about the mummy? Listen, Donkey, you don't want to go near my mummy. Trust me on that. <laughs> I have the Universal Express Pass. I get to ride for all these petty humans. Not so fast, Megatron. Autobots, follow me. Grab the churros, I can't believe it. I am so happy. I've got my factory, my minions, my girls. And even you, Dom. It's wonderful. Yas, Gru is back in the game. You are Gru. And we're family. Let's ride. Come on down to Universal Studios and don't just watch the movies, ride the movies. Well, okay, speaking, I kind of want to go into, I feel like we kind of talked a bit of how, like, Universal Studios has had this iconic way of like, you know, writing the movies, like all these big mm. movies have been like their their bread and butter. And that's mm. still been the case. But now we're really starting to see, uh, especially in the U.S. parks, the like slow disappearance of some uh, famous attractions to come with some new attraction. Like, you know, I remember a lot of people were very upset over here in Hollywood when E.T. was uh, was no more. And then it was replaced by the mummy. But obviously, Orlando being a bigger park, they can fit both rides in the park mm -hmm. for now. Um, <laughs> and, like, you know, there was like, I mean, not that it was very exciting, but there was the the backdraft uh, experience over here. And then that was removed. And now we have Transformers. Mm -hmm. But then we had stuff like we talked about the Terminator 2 
uh, 3D show, which was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. It was so good. And then now that's like the minions ride. It's like oh. it's like they're slowly but surely taking what they feel is the more popular franchises of today mm-hmm. to like, you know, obviously for new families and kids. But I feel like sometimes it's at the cost of some really like great attractions. And obviously Universal definitely changed the game when they acquired the rights to Harry Potter mm-hmm. and having those lands open like that became now the new battle of theme parks, but especially between Universal and Disney being like, well, you're going to make a land like that, then we're going to do uh, Avatar land, or we're going to do Diagon Alley. Okay, now we're going to do Star Wars. And like, right. do you feel like this is kind of going down a path where now it's going to be more like, what's the most popular movie franchise we got? We're going to make something with that now and kind of start getting rid of the old stuff that people don't really know anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think we've already seen it happening. I mean, you know, Hollywood is a cyclical business anyway, um, and they're going to do everything they can to get people into that park. It's like it's all about uh, immersion anyway. You know, they want you to come into that Diagon Alley and forget that you're in Universal and uh, the same with uh, Star Wars Land, Galaxy's Edge, you know, it's the it's the same thing. So, I mean, really, like, who, it's hard to find people who would, like, appreciate, like, the backdraft ride. <laughs> I mean, I don't even <laughs> think I ever even got on it. It wasn't even a ride. It was just, like, you stood there and watched. It was, like, a stunt show or, like, you, you know, it was kind of right. like the, um, the earthquake moment on the tram ride or the, you could do it in sure. Orlando. Sure, and it would, sure. you would stand there and all of a sudden you'd be, like, Oh, the heat's kicking up. And then it was like, you know, huge flames for like five minutes. <laughs> right. Well, when I when I first started working at Universal Hollywood, like what a lot of the the workers who'd been there for a while, uh, or at least the um the performers, they would say they would tell me how much had changed that they used to be, how did they put it? They used to be an entertainment park, but now they're an attraction park. So I guess they felt like there was a there was less attention on performances and shows and more about, hey, we got to get a new roller coaster in here, uh, you know, or a new ride of some kind, um, which I mean, of course, for people like you and me, that's not a good thing. <laughs> um, <No. laughs> yeah, I've, I've noticed that there's um, like I know that. I haven't gone to one in a while, but like I heard even like Horror Nights usually would have a, a Bill and Ted show, uh, which that was like no longer happening. Yeah, they got rid of it because of wokeness, I heard. <laughs> yeah, which I'm like, uh, OK. And then like there was the Blues Brothers show for a long time, which right. I don't remember if that's still happening or not. Yeah, that's a and, good question. <laughs> um, obviously, there's Waterworld, which is, you know, still, still been happening. Still kicking, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I guess overall, that's kind of, you know, still character interaction, but true, I haven't seen much of a entertainment basis, at least as much in Hollywood, um, minus when it comes to like, yeah, Horror Nights or like Grinchmas is about it. They have, you know, they put it pretty much into the Christmas show, have singers and performers, but that's really about it. And right now it's like slim pickings because they're still kind of picking their feet up and getting, you know, back to, you know, capacity and everything. But um for sure. Uh, I mean, I hear in Florida, they have the, uh, I guess they turned Terminator into Bourne. Have uh, has I anyone been yeah. on that? Or? No, I have no. not. Just to, but that right there, it's like, like, I'm like, 
I, sure, I like the Bourne films. They're fine, but they're not like something I'd make an attraction out of. Right. It seems well, it, like... It, yeah, just I'm, something about the... There's some of these things like Terminator and stuff. These are a little bit more timeless. It's like, I mm-hmm. think that's... I, I think when you have new franchises that come out, like, you know, Lord of the Rings or or things like that of that nature, sure, do it. But because also those have been, have been around a long time. But I mean, Terminator, Back to the Future, just something that's just such steeples of, you know, movie pop culture and, you know, part of the history. It's just a shame that I feel like universal comparison to like, you know, where Disney, you got these rides that, you know, the Tiki Room going on for ages. It's, you know, like grandkids know about it um so it's like it's there's a big turnover it seems like in terms of the shelf life of attractions yeah it seems like universal does yeah they don't care about like legacy in the way that disney used to i don't know if it still does feel the care about legacy like i mean i guess that you're right the tiki room is still around but who knows when it's going to be replaced by i don't know what's something they make that sucks uh come on come on come on taylor you know this come on oh uh, <laughs> what sorry i i had a brain fart there can you repeat that oh uh, no <laughs> no nah, never mind everything they make is great never mind um, <laughs> um, it'll be yeah it'll be the new showroom for some random It'll be the Lion King live action, but no, CGI. No. Uh... I, this is what it'll be. It'll be the Porg Room. <laughs> no. Yeah, the Porg Room. <laughs> Does it even even remember those things? From... I'm I'm surprised I remember them. Uh... I told Taylor I'm still mad that they were they were like we're gonna show Chewbacca almost wanting to eat the Porg, but then we have mm-hmm. to have them not eat the Porg, and I'm like, right. I wanted him to chew into that Porg and just make a bloody mess, but. <laughs> Yes, uh, Johnson didn't feel the same. So, um, well, okay. Looking ahead, though, of things that are super new to Universal Studios right now, mm-hmm. um, obviously just open in Japan and going to be coming soon to Orlando and Hollywood. Um, I assume you also have been, you know, a gamer in your life. Uh, what What do you think of this new Nintendo world that is, uh, you know, starting a kind of new branch of having now video games be IPs that we can see in theme parks? Which, I mean, from what I've seen. It does look really cool, and I think it's something that, uh, you know, when they expand it, especially in Orlando with a lot more space, uh, it could be it could be some cool possibilities. Where that, to me, I feel is a little more uh, timeless in that these games have been around for a long time, as opposed to a movie that just came out two years ago. We got to make a ride of that, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I I thought it was like a a brilliant move because yeah, like everyone you know, pretty much knows the Mario characters or the Nintendo characters, if you will. Um, although I do think it's odd that it's super Nintendo land and not just Nintendo land. Like, well, it, just... it, it's adds some sort of retro feel to it. It's like, yeah, we know it's super. How about great Nintendo land? Let's mix it up. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing Nintendo land. Oh, that's the next nah, system. No, nah, I mean, yeah. Like, are they going to do the GameCube land next? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, it's, I mean, we know you're Nintendo. You don't have, like, you don't have to be Super Nintendo land, but uh, whatever. I don't know. I just don't understand the thinking behind that. But I'm excited to check it out for sure. Uh, I haven't really heard of any, 
like I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of like thrill ride. I don't know what kind of like rides and stuff they have in there. I assume probably a motion simulator of some kind because everybody yeah. has those. There's um, a Mario Kart ride. Oh yeah, of is, course. It's yeah. kind of like Spider-Man in a way mm-hmm. where part of it sometimes is screens and then you're kind of going through parts where you know you're moving through actual physical sets and then there is a yoshi ride that's more like a slow dark ride where you mm-hmm. ride a yoshi through different you know mario uh scenes and stuff like that yeah they, they could uh, have a really cool little booze mansion really like a good haunted thing or going through bowser's castle could be some creepy stuff well, I know there's been rumors that they're they're gonna at least in orlando if they have the space for it, which i'm sure they do and then this whole new theme park coming epic universe that they're working on um that there would be like a donkey kong mine roller coaster and then maybe they would expand to you know do a zelda section or you know we were talking like we feel like pokemon would be a big thing that people would want to see come to life so Mm -hmm. it definitely opens up a lot of doors where i feel like that's more of an option that people will be like i want to see more of that as opposed to yeah when's the next born uh coaster coming (laughs) um and people like what there was another born movie with matt damon it was like yeah not many people saw it um but we wanted to put a a ride in because that's what we do well okay where do where do you stand on you know would you go back to work for universal studios again in the future or are you are you feel like your your time is done you've moved on from that chapter of your life um it depends on the context in which i could work there if um i could do uh, a voiceover role again uh, such as donkey i would not turn that down um or if i mean of course you have to you know work in these parks for for years before they make you like a creative director or something like that i mean that would be seems like it would be a pretty cool job um but uh but yeah, I would never turn down any VO work. Uh, that's for sure. Um, like be it Megatron or Optimus, like those, uh, those would be cool. Or even go back and be Donkey for a while, which I mean, I'm surprised that Shrek and Donkey are still around. Like, you know, you, we're, we're talking about how Universal doesn't really care about legacy, <laughs> that they're, you know, constantly replacing stuff. And yet uh, Shrek still endures. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Yeah, we just celebrated the 20th anniversary of Shrek. You're plugging uh, back our old episode. Go our old episode a few weeks ago. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was actually, I was just at Universal a few months ago for their tasting event. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously they only had a few entertainment, but they did have donkey talking to people. And I was like, it's still the the big, you know, from like the neck up, big puppet, mm-hmm. uh, still going strong, you know, many years later. Is there a, is there like a, if you were to be someone that could be like a creative director, has there ever been something you envision could be a, a new step in entertainment for Universal, whether it be a, a full show or other characters, you know, they, they never really had the donkey, uh, the kind of, you know, where you go in like, like with the turtle talk with crush, there's like the donkey head in Singapore. They didn't really right. have that technology out here at Hollywood. No. Um, and I don't think they did that in Orlando either that I know of. Um, do you feel like that's something that needs to be implemented more? Is there something else you think would be kind of neat to have that's I mean, new? Yeah, I mean, I think that they should do that, but maybe with a newer character, unfortunately. No, sorry, Donkey. You've uh, you've had a good run, but... Uh, Probably but, Gru is what we'd want now. Yeah, well... Talk to the d- kids as Gru, you know. 
Well, they're doing something with <laughs> they're with the Secret Life of Pets. Uh, they recently had an audition for Snowflake, which is Kevin Hart's okay, uh, yeah. Kevin Hart character. So you know, not nearly as funny as Eddie Murphy. Um, come on, I know you were thinking it. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's going to be a puppet or what, but yeah, like something like what they had in Singapore, but with an updated character, uh, would be really cool. I mean, I love roller coasters, even though I know they don't have the space for it. Uh, a themed roller coaster would be great. Um, or I mean, and as you were saying more shows, let's bring those back, <laughs> but I'm sure like, you know, when I, if, if I were to like get into that role, they'd be like, oh no, we're not doing that stuff anymore. We need another land. Um, and, uh, and if I had to choose a land, I would want, uh, it is a universal property. I technically, I think, and that is a army of darkness land. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> um, which, yeah, would be great for us, uh, 30 plus year old guys. Um, but we probably no one else would care. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I know they've had like uh, Ash a few times for yeah. um, Halloween Horror Nights, but I want to go year round. <laughs> I mean, they had the um, out, out here. The one thing that um, they had at Universal Hollywood that they didn't have in Universal Orlando was the Walking Dead maze, which. Um, yes, which was out on the uh, the the tram part of the tram ride. That's actually the one I got to do the time I went, which was really mm -hmm. neat when like. You're like walking by the psycho house, uh, you know, the Bates Motel, and you're walking through a whole corpse of just zombies, uh, which was actually really neat. I kind of oh, like wow. that. It was, you know, there's there's a whole, you know, the tram ride. Obviously, Taylor, at some point when you come out again to California, we'll do a proper Hollywood Universal Day because I think that tram ride really is uh, the most unique part of the Hollywood theme park sure. because you're really going through the history of so many sets of where literally so many movies have been made. Um, but there's a whole section that is, you know, you actually see the Bates Motel and the Psycho House. And then there's a whole section too where like, I think it was like, uh, what's the town or the worlds? I think it was the movie. Oh, it's like yeah, a huge, that's it. like a that, huge uh... crashed, uh, you know, plane. And there's like seats and luggage everywhere. And like you would be walking through that as there was, you know, scare actors as zombies. Uh, right. It was early on when um, Walking Dead was a little more popular. And I, th I think they turned that. Um, there was that classic, like the classic monsters house kind of right down the street. When you first walked in, they took that and made it a whole walking dead experience as well. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious to know what they would, uh, how much more they would go with, you know, the walking dead at this point being it's well, coming up in its I, final year. Well, right. I mean, it's still going and you got all these spinoffs. So it's like, yeah, it's true. Technically walking dead, but I mean, there's, I mean, there's so much other that they can do. It's not like the, zombie franchise has to stick with walking dead i mean you got Zack snyder and his movies and there's there's some stuff but yeah and, and again this goes to the shelf life of what's kind of popular and i guess that's the thing we got to look at i guess universal is you know pushing is they're going with what's popular not so much you know the nostalgia it's you know what what is uh what is the hit thing now uh, and it's kind of funny. That's kind of how like the cruise ship industry would be like in the entertainment. They're like, well, what we got to do what's, you know, now, unfortunately people come to the cruise ship where they come to the parks because they want to go to their favorite ride. I want to go to see the fake shark come and attack my boat from jaws. Right. You know, I want to do all that. And I think the creators of these parks forget why we come to the parks is because of nostalgia. True. Very true. I've actually, I was talking to a friend a few months ago, actually thinking how, 
because there's been a decline in entertainment at the Universal Parks. Um, how, you know, something that Disney usually offers that uh, some people do like, and especially for like a hot day, it's a nice like break in the middle of the afternoon, in the afternoon is having these like 45 minute musical shows where like people can go watch a half hour to 45 minute show. And that's something that's, that studios has not really, mm-hmm. yeah, they haven't really had that. And, you know, it also helps them because then the rides decrease in wait time because there's a bunch of people going to see shows. So I always wonder if, you know, because there are spaces, especially in uh, Orlando, um, there are spaces where they could have like, oh, come see this show that has a bunch of universal characters in it. And it's all like, you know, pop songs or whatever they want to do. But right. You know. Well, yeah, in Orlando for a while, even though I think it was technically outside, they had the that Beetlejuice show Beetlejuice for show, a while. Yeah. But that's yeah. like pretty sure that's gone. And I mean, here's a little obscure nugget. I think someone actually made a YouTube video on it, which I didn't watch, but it just sort of reminded me when Islands of Adventure first uh, opened, you know, that one area where it's all like comic strips and stuff. Yes. There's like a giant theater there, but it's never open. But what used to be there was this like, and again, I never saw it, but people told me about it when I worked there was this big uh, musical that starred all the comic strip characters. But um, I don't know, in, in my tour, when I was being hired, they, were, they said that it was, quote, too much for Universal to handle. So it was uh, axed. It's too much for them to handle. Mm-hmm. We can't handle these costume changes. It's too much. <laughs> um, oh, that they what? We have to like pay people well? Forget that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly the other part is that they're like oh we have to have multiple casts mm. and run things and costs keep the show going sure it probably gets to the point where they're like we don't want to deal with it um whereas of course disney's like we got the money keep them going until all of a sudden the pandemic hits and they go we'll pay our investors but we'll cut all these employees uh, that's well, good business yeah well if you want to trash talk uh disney i mean my one of my favorite things that they always did because i i worked there uh as uh sully in the pixar parade mm. uh they'd be like all right uh it's like 90 degrees today uh are they going to shorten the parade or give anybody extra money no here's a free water bottle make sure you stay hydrated you get five <laughs> minutes off your set time <laughs> and it really it'd be like uh, we can't classify heat one till both the dry thermometer and the wet thermometer are at a certain temperature. You're like, Oof. it's boiling out. What do I, what, you know, they want me to show mm. my sweat rags. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> well, Steven, we, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's an image for you folks. Think about the sweat rags that these characters have to, uh, you know, endure and sharing these costumes. Also, it's a lovely part of the job. Um, mm. You hope people bathe. <laughs> but, um, Stephen, you know, we've had a lot of fun today, Tommy Universal. Also, we could talk for hours, but we're going to get to our guest questions. So these are 10 questions and it's like a rapid fire. These are just mm-hmm. about you. These are not it's not a, it's not a quiz. These aren't like uh, this isn't chemistry. So um, no, so we're going to ask fail. a few questions and uh, let's just, you know, go for it. So okay. I'll start us off here. What is your favorite movie? Um, well, I have like a top five, but I already mentioned Army of Darkness. So we'll go with that. All right. Number two, what is your favorite TV series? The Simpsons. That was a no-brainer. Number three, what is your favorite video game or video game series? Oh, man, that is a tough one. I'm just, since it's on my brain, I'm going to go with uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbor. (laughs) Uh, What is your favorite style of music or favorite artist? 
Hmm, um, well, I like a plethora of styles. Um, my favorite, my favorite band of all time is Devo. So to go with oh, style, great band. new wave, new wave or all punk right. or is like my favorite genre. Nice. Where is the favorite place you've traveled to? Mm, Thailand. Oh, beautiful. Love Thailand. Number six, uh, what um, inspires you or what has inspired you uh, to be where you are today? Ooh, well, it used to be like, <laughs> that's changed over the years. Like it used to yeah. be to like try to get a date. And then after when I got uh, married, now it's to take care of my uh, wife and son. And, there you, to, go. you know, change in, you know, to make good art for the world, of course. There you go. We love that. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've received? Oh. Or a good piece of advice that you uh, you like to to use? I can, at the moment, I can only think of uh, writing stuff for some reason. And that, well, I guess uh, it's better to have something than nothing. It's like, you know, the whole sort of punk DIY way of like creating art. Like sometimes you just have to like turn off your brain and make something there. Uh, number eight, what would you say your nerd level is on a scale of one to 10? Uh, like, I think I transcend most nerds. <laughs> just, just like mine is a metaphysical scale. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just because, you know, most people who, you know, can, they're like, oh, I'm a nerd because I've watched all the marvel movies i'm like well i've been reading comics since the 90s man <laughs> like yeah, yeah you're mean, you haven't yeah you haven't even read a single one probably listen tony stark built this in a cave <laughs> yeah right yeah and iron man and like spider-man were always the best of friends just like they are on in the movies <laughs> um and then when it and then even like movies i just I've watched everything from like, you know, black and white classic Hollywood cinema to, you know, Japanese horror. And uh, like, so even there, I think I outrank some people. So, I mean, if the scale was 10, the highest, yes. uh, we'll just say a 15. Yeah. You broke the scale. I think this is a, we're going to have a new record here. We're just going to grant you the title of master. So, uh, you, you, you are on you this the, council and we do grant you the rank of you're master. the first official uh master uh, master debater Hoy. Oh, <laughs> um what is a guilty pleasure of yours hmm um well i mean a lot of people like a lot of the comic books i grew up reading in the 90s like the art is good but the stories are terrible and some of the characters are terrible too uh, like, do you guys know who Dark Hawk is? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, he's like a pretty obscure, like sort of character, a Marvel character, actually, who was kind of left in the 90s. But like, I don't know, he like never left my mind. So basically, badly written 90s comics. Nice. Well, Stephen, this is going to be a fun one here for our last question because Chris mm. gave me a little insight of your, your resume and your skills. Uh, number 10, give us your best impression oh well there's really only one <clears throat> oh man you want to hit me to the noble steed anytime any place <laughs> there it is yes. oh, mucky awesome. himself well thank you steven for being on the podcast today we appreciate it obviously once again we got to be guests on your one of your podcasts which mm. is the 
um, a theme park legends podcast, but you have now also started another podcast. So what is that podcast? Where can people find it? Oh, thank you for asking, Chris. And I've had an awesome time uh, chatting up with you guys. I feel like it's been almost an entire year <laughs> since we it's, did our interview. It's felt like it, yeah. And talked, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, the new podcast, actually, it is a hybrid podcast slash streaming YouTube show. Oh, wow. And it is called uh, Obscurity Now. Uh, and it basically is an excuse for uh, me and uh, my good friend, to look at eh, lesser known like pieces of media or stuff that you know just hasn't really been talked about in a while like we recently did an episode on um the original Care Bears movie from 1985 um and the last episode we did was uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ripoffs so we compared and contrasted uh street sharks biker mice from mars and the cowboys of moo mesa to figure out which one is the best uh (laughs) so you can um check it out on youtube we're live every sunday uh 6 p.m eastern 3 p.m pacific for you west coasters us west coasters i should say um or you can download the audio version um anywhere you get podcasts basically and of course there's a twitter account at obscurity now one awesome that was great cool. check that out guys because sure that's a lot of fun and i i love when uh shows kind of don't do the same old same old things that everyone talks about the, we the, try you know, we makes try. a little more unique and then uh do you want to promote anything uh your social media at all or uh, sure. If uh, you want to keep up with me, I'm uh, at Stephen Finite. That's uh, S-T-E-V-I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E on Twitter. There you have it. Well, thank you once again. It was such a pleasure to have you on talking about Universal Studios Parks. And uh, we'll have you back for a uh, a deeper dive into uh, uh, the complaints of a uh, Yes, uh, the sandy the sandy hill across <laughs> the way and, and the experience there taylor chris it's been a pleasure likewise thank you so much wow that was that was fantastic and i always say that a lot but i mean again this guest Stephen had a great insight into the theme park world. And I think it was it was only fitting the fact that not only just had one of us, but both of us on his podcast, we had to return the favor. We knew that he was going to be a consummate host or a consummate guest, excuse me. Yeah. Uh he's he's a fun guy and he's he's you know, he's had his share of working at uh, both Universal and Disney and other theme parks. Obviously, uh we met at a theme park in Dubai of all places, but to see that he, you know, he still remains a pretty big fan of Universal, but, you know, has his issues with some of the choices. I think you and I also do of how some things are just changing in the theme park industry and what's becoming more mainstream. So, um, but, you know, he's a great guy and obviously it's very exciting. He has this new kind of combo podcast slash straight to live streaming show, which, you know, we mentioned there. So, uh, a lot of fun but you know as summer goes along and people are going to back to theme parks it's just a good time and when the theme parks are back in action it's always a lot of fun to go and the summer is usually a, a hot ticket item because you know you go and then you get to enjoy the the late evenings when all things are lit up at night and kind of a little cooler so um you know we'll have to do a I guess well, eventually the next one will be maybe six flags 
I guess. <laughs> or maybe a water park. Or we're going to go to uh, amusement parks, the carnivals, <laughs> circuses. Yeah. So anyway, well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys next time for some more potential podcasts. Yes, and enjoy your summer if you happen to go back to the theme parks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.